Feeling better? Looking better? Making life better? It's Life Tips. Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to Life Tips Show, everyone. I'm here with Amy Johnson. Amy, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love the title of your book, The Little Book of Big Change. Love it. Love it. We're going to do some changing today. Tell me a little bit about the book. Um, I know you've written a previous book as well on being human. (laughs) That's an interesting book as well. But tell us about your new book and what your vision was. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the book is really a, a new approach to looking at habits and addictions. And it's obviously, as the title says, the the subtitle is the no willpower approach. So there's so many books, there's so much out there on habits and addictions, you know, and so much of it kind of looks at the behavior. It's like, if this is your behavior, so one of my big habits was binge eating a, a while back, and I write about that in the book. So if that's your behavior... All the strategies are like, okay, well, how are you going to do things differently? And there's so much logic in that, right? I mean, it makes so much sense because that's what we focus on. We want to do things differently. The problem is when we're focused so much on the external observable behavior of things, Uh that's kind of like the tip of the iceberg. You can, we all know that we're doing things wrong, you know. If you're not exercising and you want to exercise, we all know what to do. You set your alarm, you go to the gym in the morning and you exercise. But Uh it's so much deeper than that. So it's not at the the behavior level that real permanent lasting change happens most of the time. Uh It's It's under that tip of the iceberg. It's at changing how we see ourselves, what we make of our own thinking, what we make of our own experience, you know, just kind of our understanding of what it means to be a human being and how that all works. And when we start to see some of that stuff more clearly, that's when behavior starts to change fairly effortlessly and definitely more permanently. Amy, I know you're a psychologist, and I promise I won't turn this into a personal therapy session for you, but I I want to bring a live example to the table and ask you why I do something, because it drives me crazy. So um, imagine I yoga every, you know, two or three days a week. It's six in the morning and, you know, I eat salads for lunch. Uh, I I come home, however, like seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, typically every night I'm a workaholic. Um, And I arrive in my house and I just go right to the to the almonds and then some hummus crackers all while I'm cooking dinner. I'm eating while I'm cooking dinner. Then I eat too much at dinner and I'm eating at like eight or nine o'clock and it is not a good practice. What is going on in my mind about this really bad habit um, that I have of eating too much late at night and I'm eating good things, mind you, but it's just, I just can't stop eating. Like I'm, I'm at home. It's like a time to eat at home. It's like some association with the kitchen or something. What is going on in my mind? Well, it's, um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely associations there. It's the time. It's that's like your way to relax. You're in the kitchen cooking. It just, you know, and that's the thing about brains. I mean, they're just really smart machines, <laughs> but they're really into habits and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they form those conditions, kind of associations so quickly, but really at the root of anything we do, anything we do, including habits, is, is us just wanting to feel better. Mm-hmm. It's like the way I'm guessing that it's just the way that 
you kind of unwind after a really long, busy day. And again, the food necessarily isn't what isn't what necessarily does that for you, but it's almost like the trigger for your brain, you know. And and when we eat or when we shop or gamble or whatever it is we do. Mm-hmm it truly does kind of quiet our mind a little bit, at least in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it, it is a way that we kind of come to relax. Mm-hmm. In this concept of, of wanting to feel better, I get that. But at the same time, you know, about 45 minutes after I have my binge eating for one solid hour concept and dessert yeah. after that, I actually feel like crap. Why can't yeah. my brain recognize how I'm going to feel in one hour? Like, I, that is what I don't get. Why won't my brain acknowledge that? Well, okay, so here's the thing. So your brain can acknowledge that. Like, if I stopped you, if I walked into your kitchen and asked you, hey, how are you going to feel if you eat all this stuff, you'd be able to tell me. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're necessarily thinking it, you know, if I'm mm-hmm. not in the kitchen with you. But sometimes we do kind of know that. But the thing is, like, the part of our brain that's really into these habits and, and everything we do, remember, like our entire brain, it has our best interest at heart. It just isn't the wisest. It's very, very smart, but it's not necessarily all that wise. So there's that part of your brain, kind of the lower brain, that is, you know, just very habitual, that's responsible for your survival, for fight or flight, for all of that. And that part of your brain just sends you these signals that says, eat, you'll feel better, just eat, don't worry about later, just do it now, this is what you want. And it's not like you necessarily hear it in those words, but mm-hmm. you, you're getting what we might call urges or cravings to eat, you know, when you get home. And and that's going to happen. I mean, and it's especially going to happen because you keep feeding them over and over again. So you're kind of teaching your lower brain, keep giving me these urges because I give in to them. The thing is, when we start to see this, So when we as wise human beings, whole people, can kind of rise above a little bit, take a different perspective and see, okay, this is my brain telling me to do what my brain just thinks I should do. I've taught my brain more or less to to give me these urges. But it doesn't mean I have to do it. Like I can sit here, really, all this can be calling to me. I can be cooking dinner. You can be cooking your dinner and feel like something's a little off, you know, oh, I sure would love to be munching on some food while I'm doing this. And you can feel that stuff. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to kill you. It's all safe experience. And and as you start to see more about it, which is what I kind of work with people on, is understanding it more, it's almost like you're sitting there noticing your lower brain demanding a bunch of food, but it's like, you know, it's like your dog demanding to go out. It doesn't need to go out just that second. Or it's like a kid throwing a temper tantrum. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give in. You, you see it in a new light. And, and it'll, it'll ask for almonds and snacks for a little while. But eventually, when you aren't seeing it as this big, powerful thing that you have to do, it stops going there. Can you create a new habit to knock off your old habit? Uh, I mean, maybe, but I wouldn't recommend it because why would you go to that much trouble? <laughs> like, it could be far easier than that. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. So let's say I arrive at home tonight at 7 o'clock, and I know I'm going to feel like crap. And I actually, you know, I'm very in tune with my body. I practice yoga, right? What if I did, like, you know, 20 push-ups and uh, drank two glasses of water when I, immediately upon arrival of getting home? Right. So my new habit is 20 push-ups and two glasses of water. (laughs) 
that's going to make me feel a little differently. First of all, the water is going to help fill me up, which would be interesting in itself, an actual physical solution. But the push-ups would help me get back in tune with my body. And so a habit conquering a habit. Thoughts? Sounds like a lot of work. And then it sounds like you're not truly free because you're then you're tied into this new habit. And listen, I'm not saying it can't work. I mean, yeah. maybe that can work for people. And maybe it could even get you to the point where you don't have to do it for that long. It can mm-hmm. just start kind of break things up. So it's possible. But mm-hmm. what I advocate is so much deeper, and it leads to true fundamental change because it's kind of like, again, when you can start to see the signals your brain is giving you, like where your brain goes when we do these habits, it's just like weather. It's like there's a blue sky. The sky's never affected. But weather kind of washes over the sky, right? And we can sit down on the ground and curse the weather. We all do. <laughs> and we can wish that it would change. But we know that it's weather. It comes and goes. It does its own thing. It can't really hurt us. I mean, you know, yeah, there could be some violent weather. But if we understand weather, you just go in the house when it's raining and you go have your picnic when it's sunny. Like, you don't need to try to rearrange the whole world to make things better for you. You just understand how weather works. And that's just like our own thinking and our own experiences. If we know, yeah, my mind tends to go here at this time, but I'm going to just let that cloud just let that cloud kind of wash over me. It's just a storm coming through. Honest to God, like when people start to see it that way, the storm doesn't even affect them in the same way. It's almost laughable. And as you kind of take on that other perspective, your mind quits doing that. It really is like the temper tantrum that if you're not giving it attention, eventually the kid gets up because it's not fun to do that. So your mind's not going to go down that path forever mm-hmm. as you start to see it in that way. And you see, so that's, a lot different than, oh, let's do this other habit to kind of get around it, you know, which just adds more weather to the sky, basically, adds more for you to do. Hmm. Let's take a break, everybody, and we're going to get back to some interesting neurological discussion in one second. Back in just a minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, Amy. Great to have you with us today. Thank you. Amy, what is the neurological source of bad habits? Part of the brain? Is it like a dopamine, you know, high that you're getting that's a false high? Like, how do you describe it from a neurological perspective? I mean, I'll just keep it really simple. Like, it, mm. it habits, habits come from the part of our brain that is right there with the most basic survival kind of mechanisms we have. Mm. And that's why they feel sometimes, you know, like a matter of life and death. They really mm. can. I mean, when you have serious cravings or just any kind of habit, it's it's so tied to that survival, fight or flight kind of response that it, it starts to really, um, yeah, just feel like that for us. So, mm-hmm. I mean, essentially we do something at some point that gives us a bunch of happy chemicals in our brain and your brain's just smart and it picks that up and it just kind of keeps the cycle going. But I love to even look at it like that. You can see how simplistic it is. It really is very simple and it's just a machine. I, I liken it to... Uh, an alarm clock. If you set your alarm clock to go off at 6 a.m. every day, it's going to go off at 6 a.m. It's not personal. It's not because your alarm clock hates you. It doesn't know when it's Sunday and you get to sleep in. It just does what you teach it to do, and that's kind of how our lower brain works with habits. What sort of energy is consumed when you make a commitment to break a habit? Like what, what sort of reserve energy pack do you need to have, and how, where does, how does commitment fall into line? And uh, just give us a sense for the energy required to overcome habits. Yeah, see, I think um, I think in the traditional ways, it takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of willpower. It takes a lot of discipline, a lot of mm-hmm. commitment. It's like your your habits coming up in your head, and, and essentially we're fighting it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sort of what you do when you use discipline, right? It's like, I really want that donut, but no, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. You know, and you mm-hmm. go into this big fight, that takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. But, but seeing things in a bigger way, mm-hmm. so having some, some bigger perspective on how our mind works, how safe and innocent it is, how impersonal it is, that doesn't take any energy. And that doesn't mean it's always 100% effortless and, you know, but because your mind's going to drag you, want to drag you down that path. But I'm telling you, like, when people start to see, oh, this is just 
my mind doing what it does. And there's a feeling, there's a connection with themselves in there, the bigger them. You really can see, okay, this is just this part of my brain, this is my alarm clock going off, this part of my brain wanting this, but I'm okay. And I know this doesn't last forever. And I know this doesn't hurt me. And then it just starts to go away. When we are constantly feeding it, it there's nothing to sustain it. Hmm. How many habitual things do we practice throughout the day? Oh, gosh. I think most of our life is habitual. <laughs> a lot, yeah. Really? I mean, good and bad things, yeah. Like, this are... We go to the same job. Day. We eat the same food. We have the same... Yeah. Does anybody yeah, go through life it, completely randomly and change everything all the time? I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I mean, even to our reactions to things, you know, running uh, late, like having traffic, like the same thoughts and feelings just tend to come up. So, yeah, there's so much of it that's habitual. And some of it's not all bad, you know, but mm-hmm. obviously the things that hurt us get our attention so we can mm-hmm. kind of look at them. Hmm. And, and, you know, how many habitual things do we practice and know that are bad, but are unable to change them? Like, you know, would you say, like, what percentage? Like, 80% of the time, we're not going to change our habits. There are bad habits. Or 50%, or eventually we will, or we go through different cycles. So you have a sense for how bad this problem really is. Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, So there are definitely habits that we tend to just Somehow, no one truly understands how, I don't think, we just kind of grow out of, Uh, you know. And my hunch is that there are things, and this is so counterintuitive, but the less attention we pay to things, sometimes the more we do just sort of, it's like we just sort of evolve past them. You know, and yeah. and the problem, I think, is that a lot of people, we have these habits, and it's understandable. It's all innocent. Like, they affect our lives. And so we go to work, and mm-hmm. we start researching them and reading them and talking about them and thinking about them. And that gives them so much more juice. You know, it's, it's like putting a spotlight on that part of your brain, and your brain mm-hmm. is just being powered. And, like, it, so... So there are a lot of things that we don't pay much attention to that kind of just fizzle out. And there are a lot of things that we won't ever change, but I I think that's just misunderstanding. I think we go about it the wrong way, honestly. We all, we've been sold this idea that the way to change anything is to work super hard and use willpower and discipline. And I don't know the percentage, but I think there are, you know, I think it's rare that willpower and discipline work long term. Hmm. I just don't see it. I just don't see them being leading to permanent change very often. <laughs> you know, the definition of insanity is quite interesting. It's the same action repeated over and over again without any different result. Do you think that habits have a dose of insanity in them? <laughs> kind of. I mean, you know, it's hard to. They're, they're so well-meaning. That's the thing. You know, it's us just trying to take care of ourselves, doing the best we can see in the moment. But yeah, the insanity comes in. I think. And our misunderstanding of what's going on. Like, the average person, we just were never taught what thoughts and how our thoughts and emotions truly work. So we take all of our stuff very seriously. You know, we have a thought in our head, and it just feels like truth, and we just act Mm -hmm. on it. Mm -hmm. Because it's not our fault. We're just not taught that that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, in the case of insanity, we're in complete denial, right, of, of that being insane, so we keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for some different result, which we never get 
<laughs> yeah. Um, or we're scared, you know, we don't yeah. want to fail. I see a lot of people that it's like, I know I don't want to do this anymore, but I've tried and it hasn't worked my way and I think I'm hopeless. And so we kind of bury our heads in the sand then too, but it isn't hopeless. We just, it's not working because we're not seeing it the right way. You know, we're trying a, a method that isn't working. Uh, you know, the the subtitle of your book is The No Willpower Approach to Breaking Any Habit. Can, can you distinguish between breaking a habit with willpower versus breaking a habit with your methodology? How are those two different? Like, what does that look like? Can you give me a case study on that or something? Yeah, so, so willpower, you know, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of effort. I think, I don't, this is my idea of willpower. It's just mm. that kind of thing where it's like, okay, I'm not going to eat anything until it's dinner time tonight when I get home and you do a bunch of push-ups and you do whatever methods and you, you're working hard and you're reminding yourself, you're keeping it very active in your head. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then when the thoughts and the urges come up, you kind of fight with them, right? Like, no, I'm stronger than you. I'm not going to do it. It's a, it's a lot of cheerleading and it's a lot of effort and it puts a lot of attention on your mental contents as if they're truly powerful and important and as if they're kind of stable, like as if they require you to fight against them. Mm-hmm. And in truth, honestly, like the way our human experience works, none of those are true. Mm. Stuff, stuff comes up for us, thoughts, mm-hmm. feelings, urges, cravings, and it goes away. Mm-hmm. None of us have ever, ever been stuck in a feeling. And, we've certainly had the experience of feeling stuck in feelings and thoughts and stuff more mm-hmm. than we would like. But mm-hmm. that's, again, it's our, our innocent misunderstanding. When we're in there battling with what we're feeling, kind of treating it as if it's this powerful force that can make us do stuff we don't want to do, then we end up in a battle. You know, we're starting, we're fighting, so we're fighting. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we relax and see stuff moves through me. This is just my brain doing what it's been taught to do, but it's mm-hmm. safe. It's mm-hmm. innocent. It's temporary. Most of all, it's temporary. Mm-hmm. Then we all are able to just stand back and let something kind of pass through us, and there's no fighting and no willpower needed. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Your first, first book, Being Human, you, you clearly must have stumbled across bad habits in writing your first book. Ha- have, has anything changed in your first book since writing your second book? Not really. I, I mean, I stumbled across bad habits from the time I was a kid. <laughs> like, yeah. A lot of that's my own, you know, pain-driven experience, my own suffering that kind of <laughs> drove yeah. me into trying to help other people with this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, being human is really kind of the, um, the, the sort of operating manual, I guess, for how that experience works. And then the second book around habits is sort of applying it to the, to the topic of habits because we can all kind of get what I'm saying in terms of the fact that experience is safe and we're just being human. You know, this is just what it means to be human is you have a wide variety of experience and it's all okay. It all passes and it doesn't permanently harm us and we can bounce back from it. Like I think a lot of people see that, even though it's not all that commonplace maybe, but a lot of people can, can kind of resonate. That resonates with them. But then, then we get into a habit and it looks like, oh, yeah, but that can't work here. Like, that's not big enough to help with my drinking problem. That's not big enough to help with my gambling problem. And I knew it was. I mean, I've seen it. I see it with clients every single day. It is big enough. This perspective and this understanding about what, how our human experience works, 
it can change anything. It does change things, and it changes them in a very deeper, a much deeper, long-lasting way than like a technique or a willpower or a strategy, you know. So, so that's kind of how the two feed into each other. The being human is um, more general, and, and the little book of big change. It's really just kind of how to use that understanding to be free of these things. If you were to summarize this deep understanding and, and how easy it is, how much easier it is than, than having to muster up the, the willpower to make a, to change a habit. If you were to describe it, what, besides, of course, reading the entire book, how would you describe it to us? And, and as we conclude in here, how, how, how is it going to be easier for us to reverse these bad habits and train the brain to, to ignore these signals that we're getting? Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's coming to not fear our experience. So, again, everything else, at least that most things I've seen are we, we judge our experience, we fear it, we don't like it, and so we get in there and fight it. And all that, that seems to make some sense, what that actually does, and any brain scientist will tell you that what you pay attention to and what you focus on is just being magnified and growing. So we, we're actually strengthening habits in our brain when we fear and resist and try to fight them. So it's, it's coming to see that our experience is safe. And when you can have an urge or a craving to do your habit or your addiction and it doesn't freak you out, and you don't take it so seriously, and you don't think you need to act on it or fight it, it just comes and goes. Mm. It's such a peaceful, more hands-off approach that truly, like, your brain will start rewiring because it's like that kid having a temper tantrum. If you are not paying any attention, they get bored with that. They're not mm-hmm. going to tantrum mm-hmm. forever. I mean, it's being fed by our attention, you know? So it's a, yeah, it's a hands-off, more peaceful and really much deeper approach. So the openness, if you will, sort of removes this reinforcement. So rather than yeah. fighting it, you're you're opening yourself up. Okay, I'm going to go eat my nuts. And then by opening yourself up, maybe you just say, you know what, why am I eating these nuts now that I know it's okay to eat these nuts? Is that the exactly. thing? Exactly. Okay. That's a lot of it. We put so much pressure on ourselves, right? So it's like, it's a thought about eating nuts. Maybe I'll eat some, maybe I won't. And when we start to see it that way more and more, yeah, it just doesn't have any pull on you. So you eat them if you want to and you don't if you don't. It's like you, you finally have your own freedom back. Got it. All right, I'm going to go big on this. Rather than the 20 push-ups and the two glasses of water, I'm going to go in there with the attitude that I'm going to eat the entire container of nuts and it is okay. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> don't tell yourself to go through your habit. All right. you My brain's going to maybe suggest this, and I, and I don't have to listen to it. Gotcha. Okay, thanks for that. Thanks for the <laughs> correction on that extreme. I tend yeah. to be an extremist with these things. It helps me think, Amy. Amy, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. I have two final questions for you. Who would you like to get a hold of you, and how can they get a hold of you? Oh, great questions. Um, Anyone who's suffering with any kind of unwanted habit, including worry and anxiety and all of that, I mean, mental habits too. Like we said earlier, most of our life is habitual. <laughs> so um, when those things are bothering you and you've tried willpower and it isn't working, call me. <laughs> my, my website, the best way to get in touch with me is through my website, and it's dramyjohnson.com. It's just dramyjohnson.com. Terrific. Really appreciate you being on the show once again. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. 
hope everyone's life's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser, and ready for the little book on big change to break the habits the right way. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week. The opinions expressed on this Cranberry Radio program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry Media. Any redistribution of this content without proper consent is prohibited.